yo 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 welcome to the ns9 post game show i'm your host anthony denardo with me we got connor hello buddy pal the pirates won today seven to four how does it feel it it feels really good weird game like looking like at first glance it doesn't seem so weird but like when you actually dive into it they had the the pirates offense was getting perfectoed through five Yes. They then proceeded to put 18 runners on base and score seven runs in four innings. No, I mean, you you nailed that. Absolutely. It was one of those where, okay, I want to know your mind frame, right? So you're sitting here watching the game, knowing you have to do the post game. And oh, like yeah. You mentioned- no, it's, it's absolutely something that goes through your head where it's just like, should I like <laughs> take a nap? And just like right. we set an alarm for like an hour and a half from now, like because I genuinely considered doing that um, after three innings, and I was just like, I can just look at the box score because I know they're not going to win this. And I, I mean, thankfully, thankfully, I decided not to. How many times have we joked where this? Okay, this is one of those games where we could pre-record the post game and hit play when it's done, right? You just say, okay, the Pirates' offense didn't show up, yep. pitching did whatever. No, I mean, you're right. Like Mitch Keller actually was pitching pretty well today. Uh, that was a plus. But you look on the other side, and the Twins, they're pitching pretty sunny until it turned gray. And uh, they... you, you, no, no. Yeah, we're we're doing this without Donardo tonight. He's he's got his stream privileges removed. No, might well, wait a minute. No one's done that to me before. I do that, that to them. No, that's awful. That was an you had that. That was you had that was planned. So you had plenty of time to figure out that that was terrible and that you shouldn't say it. I come prepared, always. <laughs> but no, seriously, for real. To get back to this, like I mean, they were. It was a perfect game through five innings. Yeah, Mitch Keller was pitching well. It was one of those games where like it's it's nice to see Mitch Keller kind of back. Like he's pitching well. It's just the other thing is the Pirates' offense is terrible. Sonny Gray's pitching, and you know how good he's been, anyways. Like you expected this to probably, uh, if Mitch Keller was pitching well, a pitcher's duel. Right. Um, and then yeah, like I said, it was it was five, actually five point one perfect, right? And then that's that's well, yeah. Jack Swinski made the strikeout five point one, and then that's when things turned around. And holy hell, it turned around in a don't, big way. Don't say his name tonight. Can we just not? Which there. is not. Though he got on base three times. Like he did walk three times. Credit where credit's due. He did walk three times, but he also kind of misplayed a ball. Yeah. But we'll get past that. But anyways, I mean, could have sunny great again. Good pitcher. He did his job. He's having a phenomenal season. He really is. Of course. And his his control is I don't I haven't watched any of his starts this year. But if I I'm gandering to say that he's getting there because his control is absolutely pinpoint. I don't know any other of his stats other than the ERA, but good Lord, he could just absolutely dot anything he wanted tonight. I mean, it was, it was three, like it was, he could throw four straight breaking pitches all in the same exact place on the opposite uh, corner. Yep. And he was, I mean, he had what, well, I guess it was overall, he had 
seven Ks and six point two. But didn't he have seven and five? Like, wasn't it? I believe so. Swinski has seven strikeout in the five point one. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, like he he was dealing that whole time, and then things kind of unravel for him. I mean, he pitched still a good game, but I think also in the other sense, like we should definitely talk about as good as he was pitching. Right. I know the offense wasn't there, but Mitch Keller pitched a hell of a game. He did everything he needed to do to keep this team in the game to try yep. to win, which of course they did. But yeah, Mitch Keller, six innings pitched, two earned, 12 yep. strikeouts. One walk. One walk, seven hits. Like this was, I'm not going to say it, but this is one of those starts like, okay, is Mitch Keller back? You wanted to see this type of start sometime soon. He's been pitching rather, I'm not going to say poorly, but not certainly he- not what you've wanted to see. You want to see him string a few good starts together, and and this start and his last start, you know, that's well, it it's a start, <laughs> I guess. That's fair. It's a start to hopefully the finish to a strong season, right? Because because he started off, he was so good in April and May. It got a little rocky, and then it got a little more, a little more rocky. With it, I mean, he he wasn't exactly pitching awfully. He had a few good starts mixed in there, but it was like a very obvious, like he wasn't pitching the same. Very much so. Speaking of not pitching the same, something I want to point out here. Very, very high cutter usage today. 32 pitches using the cutter, but also didn't use the curveball once. Didn't use a changeup once. Right. We talked about the six picks. Yeah, I guess he didn't pitch. Mix he usually uses, right? Right. Today, cutter, sinker, four-seamer, and sweeper. Only four pitches. And again, cutter was his most by far. He used it 33% of the time. So, like, the the pitch mix was a bit different. Um, So, like, I'm kind of focused on that. Was it just game plan, or is this, let me switch things up to get me back right? Yeah, that's... Yeah, I guess he didn't. Wow. Okay, I totally missed that. I'm sure tr- because I was like, is because I was trying to remember. Did he throw a curveball in there? I was like, no, no, he didn't. Yeah, and that's been. I mean, that's a good pitch by him. And like, I want to say, with that said, you're like 18 whiffs, 38 percent whiff rate on the night. Like he just looked. I mean, obviously you have 12 strikeouts. You're probably going to have a good, pretty decent whiff rate. But yeah, like he just looked. He looked really good out there today. And the really encouraging thing for me was he got into that jam in the sixth. Right? Ooh, yeah. Hold on. Let me scroll to the exact. Yeah, so Jorge Polanco walked. Correa singled. Max Kepler singled. uh, Run didn't score. He struck out Royce Lewis, Donovan Solano, and Joey Gallo all swinging. That was a huge huge inning because we talked about again put on the post game hat right you're doing the show you already you already endured the 5.1 now the offense came there's a lead it sounds like oh maybe there's gonna be a positive show and then mitch keller puts three on with no outs and you say well it's the pirates they're going to lose this we've seen this let's yep. pre-record the post game again right part two of the pre-recording right <laughs> we know how it's gonna go and mitch keller pulls it out of the hat he says post game version 1.1 <laughs> there you go um but yeah mitch keller goes and three straight strikeouts you know like this is the and that strikeout to gallo it was it was very obvious you know he was 
this is my last batter. I am going to just rear back and fire a couple of fastballs in there, and you're not going to hit it. That's fair. That's Yeah, that's fair. And, and that's and that's tell- how he's found his success is throwing his is letting his stuff play in the zone. When he is on, that is how he finds success. Absolutely. For sure. And that's what I was like saying. Like I, I think we're starting to get to a point where we're beginning to stop talking about this, but this is once again those moments where old Mitch Keller doesn't get through that. The new and improved Mitch Keller says, right. I'm gonna dig down, I'm gonna throw you what I got. You're not going to hit this and challenge them, and he gets out of it. So, like again, like you said, like it was a start to a bad inning, but the way he finished it made you feel really, really good. Yep. So, uh, again, very, very good start for Mitch Keller. Hopefully, as we talked about, this is the the start to hopefully ending the season rather strong. Um, but like, let's definitely t- let's get back to this offense too. It came out in a pretty big way, a little less than half the game, but it came out in a big way that time. Uh, just to say, right, we talked about Jack Swinsky. He had a three walks. He was on base three times. But, again, talk about credits, credits due. G1 Bay, he was on base three times as well. This, this version of there. G1 Bay is – when the Pirates get this version of G1 Bay, he can make a significant impact on the game. When he's getting on base, when he is – driving the ball down the line when he is slapping it into the gaps he's a good player it's yes. just it's the problem is getting this version of g1 bay consistently yep. because for a lot of the times you're getting a guy who's not really driving the ball and is making a lot of mistakes on the field that he doesn't really need to make and on because the opposite- when, when he's doing what he did tonight you know, obviously, I don't think he didn't have a stolen base, did he? Because I don't no. think he did. Because I missed, I missed about an inning there. Um, but when he's playing like this, he's utilizing the tools that he has, and that's big for him. Because the way he plays, he kind of hasn't been, despite the twenty steals. Before he got demoted. We were talking about, we know it's fast, right? We know the, the, the weapons, like you said, using his weapons and his tools. But how many times was he being too aggressive, getting thrown on the bases, right? Like he wasn't using his speed to be an advantage. Today, that first run he scored, I mean, he, he gets there because he's so fast. Like he scores on that play because of his speed. I don't know if any other person on this team scores in that situation. So again, his speed showing up there. Um, and, and right, like you talked about with the, like the gap power, they mentioned, I guess I could look it up, but they mentioned that, that all he had today would have been out in PNC park as well. Like 10 rows deep. Um, yeah, no, I was, I, I kind of don't, I don't get to see target field a lot because I just AL central is just the division that I just, it's the phantom division to me. I don't really watch like any games from it. Um, the twins is the twins and the Royals, especially I don't get to catch many games of, which is weird because I like watching games at target field. I think it's a fine stadium, but I didn't realize how deep the, the right field line is. That's that's three thirty nine down, down the left field line. I'm sorry. That's three thirty nine down the left field line. It's four eleven to, to the right of, uh, to the left of center. It, it plays pretty deep for right-handed hitters yeah 
And that was that was an opposite field poke from him. Yep. So, like, again, if this was a home game, that's a home run. We've talked a little bit. Like, he has potentially, like, double-digit home run power. You know, if he'll get there and use, you know, if he... His approach, if he wants to hit home runs and such, you know what I mean? If he's not slap hitting the ball all the time, he could do so. Um, but yeah, thing, like that would have been a home run. The thing that bothered me tonight was the bunt. I didn't see that. I missed a few innings also. Like, I, I understand it, but like, if you, if I'm, I hate the bunt. I know Bay is going to do it because he is just so damn fast that if he places it even remotely in the right place he's getting on base but just i if you're gonna go for it you gotta get it down that's Mm. just that's how i that's how i feel about it i know he's been pretty all right at getting it down but it's just this team has failed to bunt so many times that i just it it's i've i've got ptsd with it at this point you've you've got to get it down if you're gonna try and do it What's funny about that is I, I feel like just, you know, not even talk about this year, but like that just seems like it's a pirate thing all the time. Like, why are we always talking about this team can't bunt? I feel like year in and year out. It's weird. Just one of those things that carries over, right? It's like it's always the pirates way. They yeah, just, they, they don't. don't they never have a first baseman. They can't bunt. Right. <laughs> check. It's to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Bunt. Yeah. Check. But uh, no, fair point. Um, but yeah, like that, a really good game for uh, G1 Bay today. Not a good game for Brian Reynolds, who was, went over five with three strikeouts. I mean, he has been hot, right? Yeah. Today certainly wasn't one of those games. But Andrew McCutcheon. Still in five RBIs. Uh, Connor, d- did you know? Yeah. No, no. I, t- I think it was literally the pitch before where I tweeted out, Andrew is due. <laughs> and then yeah. he, and then he hits that. a 438-foot upper deck opposite field bomb. That is still orbiting target field. (laughs) (laughs) Any anything that goes that far should have a stewardess on it. I mean, any adjective or saying you want to go, because man, does Kutch have some opposite field power? Well, yeah, yeah, we we know that. And the thing is, he hasn't shown that in quite some time. That's one of the things about Andrew McCutcheon. You know, I, I've been a big proponent of him being the leadoff spot. Like, he should definitely. And one of the reasons also is because he's not really hitting for power. So, like, don't put him at the three spot, but he's still walking at an incredible rate. His on-base is still good. So, like, have him at leadoff. So, like, with that said, that home run was was huge today just in that sense. I mean, that was his first also home just run to like get him some, June 30th. Also, just to get him some more protection in the lineup. Because let's, let's be perfectly honest about this. Our three-hitter doesn't have protection. Most nights, most nights. Yeah, I was going to say today. Because, I mean, we've seen Henry Davis there, but Henry Davis is is having his rookie struggles, and we talked about that last night. Right. You know, Jack Sawinski is a whole other can of worms. Connor Joe's fine, but in no universe is he your cleanup hitter, right? So he, he, the three hitter is just not getting protection. And that's where Kutch has been hitting. So in all fairness to him. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, this is one of the things we talk about again with Kutch. That's a fair point. Um, The way Hayes is heating up and they have actually dropped Jack Swinski down in the lineup. Finally, 
maybe he gets a little bit more protection. Uh, as long as Hayes consistently stays there, which, by the way, as we're talking about players, uh, Hayes also another multi-hit game today, two for five. But yeah, Andrew McCutcheon still been getting on base, hasn't been really hitting the ball, hasn't really been driving the ball. There's some concerns in that sense. But today, two for five, yeah. that monster home run. So like, yeah, maybe this maybe this kind of gets him going. Well, he's been he's been better as of late. I I really do feel like the off days they've been giving him really have thrown him off. I know he's dealt with some injuries this year. I know he's 36, but I also know that he's not currently hurt. And it's just, it's a little perplexing that the amount of off days they've been giving him. And it really felt like, cause he had a couple of games where it was like three hits, four hits. And then they like gave him a, it was right before the Milwaukee series. I think that it was just like, it really felt like he was feeling and he was getting his timing back for hitting and they just gave him an off day and it kind of, it kind of set him back a little bit. I felt like. Right. And on top of that still hates the shortstops and third basemen because oh my God. he has still been hitting the ball incredibly hard to the left side. And like, they're just making monster plays. Austin, <laughs> him out. Austin Riley is like, yes, Austin Riley should send Andrew McCutcheon like a good bottle of tequila or something. Right. So <laughs> like you're saying, there were one certainly the bourbon signs. Room. <laughs> there were certainly signs, but yeah, when you hit one 438, there's no cheating. There's no yeah, one nobody's... that's going to make a good play on that. You're, you're rounding those bases anywhere you go. Yeah, nobody's catching that one. <laughs> right. So, um, big again, Mitch Keller did what he needed to keep the, this team into the game, but the offense seems like that's something that's always, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times we're talking about someone pitching a good game, but yet, or no, someone pitching a, an okay game, whatever, but like the offense doesn't show up anyway. So, like, it's not really that pitcher's fault. Today, the offense actually showed up for the pitcher. Um, for Mitch Keller. So yeah, again, Andrew McCutcheon, a big part of that. But again, go down to, to uh Cabron Hayes. Like his hot streak still, he's still kind of here. You know, we're we're waiting cautiously optimistic, I think, right? We're waiting for right. Bucko yeah, Mike. Bucko Mike Hayes, is two lucky so, hits. He's so mad. He's so <laughs> mad Hayes is doing well. But like honestly, you know, he's done this before. So that we're we're waiting. You know, like I don't think anyone's gonna be surprised if you see Cabron Hayes go into a slump and not be productive. We're hopeful he's not. And so far, he's still continuing it. So two solid hits today with an RBI. Um, and then outside of that, Jason DeLay with a multi-hit game also. Yeah. He let off that inning with a double. Uh, he went two for three today with a walk. Like I jokingly said today, but it's not really a joke. I mean, like before Endy and Henry Davis got called up, yeah, Austin Hedges would... still wasn't the best catcher on the team. Yeah, no, it was... And I mean, I understand delay was like really, really slumping. I also understand he gives like zero power other than like the occasional gapper that he hits. But why was not to revisit this again, but why on earth was this guy not starting over hedges? Because delay can he's pretty good at the stuff that hedges was supposedly here for, too. Right. I think that's why you want to talk about a developmental success story, right? That's fair. Right? Because at this point, Jason, like, I know Jason DeLay's skills are pretty limited. I know he's probably not going to put together much of a career. He, you know, he might be, there's an off chance that he puts together a long career as a backup catcher in this league. I don't really see that happening. But this guy wasn't expected to be anything. He was, he was literally 
hours away from telling the Pirates that he was going to go retire and pursue other things in life. He was the bullpen catcher in AAA. <laughs> and he's kind of <laughs> producing at the yeah. league level now. No, that that's absolutely fair. And that's one, like, I know it's been I, more... I, I know it's ingest. a stretch to call that a developmental success story. But no, it, it, it kind of it is. is. It kind of is. I don't think is. it is at all. Especially because of how good he is defensively. Like that's I know where he, I want to go. I, go I know to. he has his issues with with blocking, but he's a very good framer. I think he handles the pitching staff very well. Yes, I'm going to say this part right, and like you said, the development part. I think it absolutely is. Like the fact that he has improved so much defensively is part of that. Um, I think what might hinder him and so like he's going to be a guy if robo umps do come into play that yeah it hurts because the comp and person i want to kind of put out there because you said about longevity and how long he might last it's still small sample like if if he's still doing this next year i could feel more confident but you know i've always said in just my catcher my catcher right um i i've kind of liked jason delay for what he is and i guess like what i'm saying is i think he could make out like a chris stewardish type of career yeah like, no when I, I look I at him chris stewart yeah like chris stewart was like your perfect second catcher like he's good defensively he's not gonna hurt you he's a singles man right he's gonna get like decent average he's not gonna hit much power like every year ryan i and orson and i are we had our over unders you have a point point five home runs this year right because like if he hits one home run it's a big deal like that was chris stewart and that's kind of like what jason delay is like he's a singles guy maybe some gap power here and there like the, the double today but He's good enough defensively. He's good enough with a bat. Like, if that's going to be your backup catcher, I think he can carve out a role to have a Chris Stewart-ish type of career until Robobs come, and that's not really that valuable anymore. <laughs> but even then, it might, you know? I mean, but that's how I do look. Like, I don't hate Jason DeLay as a backup catcher on this team at all. But I hated that he was here over the two other guys. Fair. I hated that. I hated that both Austin Hedges and Jason Delay were here over the other guys. I don't yeah. hate Jason Delay. If Henry's going to be your right fielder, and he is, and I don't. That's we went into that yesterday. That's a whole other story about why they're still doing that with him. Right. But if Jason Delay is your backup, that's fine. I yeah. like Jason Delay as a backup. That's all I'm at with this. You know. Now, what I will say is, I don't like how ND gets so many days off. Do well, this, like, but he could also play. Like, it's not Jason Delay's fault. Like, I'm fine with Jason Delay getting the amount of starts he gets per se. I just wish they would utilize Endy in another way to get him more right. starts. Also, that's really what it comes down to. But right, like, I am perfectly comfortable with Jason Delay as a backup catcher. It's it's weird. I think looking at the totality of it, it's not as bad as it seems. I think that's because the way that they're doing it is that the day before the 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 day game after the night game that's the day that Andy has off that's how they've handled it mm -hmm. and then he plays the day game so he's not actually when hedges was here he was getting some off days that i really really disagreed with um and i still think you could work him into more games at first base yeah. especially with that position being so um, I, I think it tonight's like a perfect example of that. 
Right. Instead of Palacios and right and Connor at first, why not Indy at first and and Joe and right? Yeah. Like why why are we having Palacios see the field over Indy? Is more or less what right. it comes down to. Right. Yeah. So that's all. But again, uh, we don't need to go that much deeper into Jason Delay. But uh, you know, I, I've said he's my catcher I, again. Didn't, more didn't Chris than anything, Stewart? But hit... like, I have a little bit of love with Jason Delay. Didn't Chris Stewart hit three hundred one year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know he did for a fact. Because uh, I I remember that. When or what? <laughs> that was twenty fifteen, right? Or was it twenty fourteen? I'm looking up right now. Just so we can, for funsy. Oh, you know what? He didn't. Two ninety four though. Oh, in two thousand fourteen. I know and he was eighty nine and fifteen. Dan, because I remember him being above three hundred at one point, like late in the season. Yeah, it probably was that year. He probably had like went over three because it's limited at bats. Yeah, the <laughs> three put him down like eleven points, but uh. Yeah, I mean, like when you look at Chris Stewart, like for his career, sixty-three rated runs created plus. Like he wasn't that well with a bat, but he had season like 183, 66, 59, 65. Like I can see Jason Delay doing that with with good defense. You're a backup catcher in this league for a, probably a pretty long time doing that. Yeah. But anyways, um, I don't know, man. Like outside of that. Pagero is loving the uh the twins defense, by the way. For lack of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had he had one Just, hit. That's one hit. I remember I thought he had two. He got on base by an error and then got on base because was well, Swinsky, right? He got into oh, the uh, right, yeah. Yeah, Swinsky was which I do like that. Swinsky was running no slide, just running directly. I mean, looking like I mean, still yeah, no, that tonight, is. And Swinsky was the fullback, <laughs> just put his helmet down, which caused the errant throw went high, and Pagaro ended up being safe because of it. That's one of the things that I've actually liked that they've taught players to do. Because you're just, just you can't break up the double play by tackling the guy anymore. So make yourself as big of a target as possible. Protect your head, you know, <laughs> obstruct that throw. That last part too. Make sure you protect your head. <laughs> which, which he was, he saw Swinsky. It was, it was down. Like I said, he's looking like a fullback and is going up there, but uh, <laughs> I do. I, I, that's, that's smart baseball. That that's, I, I do like that. And yeah. it worked. Like today was another example of how it worked. It's so worked a few times earlier year. and it bounced off his shoulder, right? Like they threw the ball and it hit him in the shoulder and deflected. And that's how, so like, this has been a couple opportunities where you're seeing it work. So like rare pirates instruction paying off. There it is. Can't bunt, but just throw your helmet and <laughs> hit the hole. <laughs> <laughs> David Bednar must have taught him that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I don't know. I guess looking at this team, the game today, anything else that you really, really wanted to talk about? Holderman looked pretty shaky. He did leave the game with an injury, so we'll see how that progresses. Uh, forearm cramp, which is a little concerning, maybe. Um, if, as long as it's just cramping, I, I'm not really that worried about it. 
Um, but I, I, it was he, it was obvious he was pulling some of his pitches. I think it was bothering him a little bit. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was, especially towards the end there before he got pulled. Yeah, and I thought it was a little weird that he that they got out that they went out there and and pulled him. Didn't they pull him mid batter? Or was I just not watching? <laughs> um, I could have sworn he threw a pitch and then they pulled him. I can't remember if they did now. Chat, help us out. I yeah, can't chat, help us out. We're, we, because I don't pay attention. I was, to be fair, I was too busy getting ready for this. So, yeah, sure you were. No, I was legitimately. <laughs> Stop lying. But, uh, anyways, no, you're right. And I, I think I'm okay. I feel like it's probably, like you said, like just a cramp. They said it was pretty hot. It was humid. They showed the banana in the dugout, right? Which, again, the potassium you use for cramps. Like, Maybe it probably was just a legit, it's cramping. Um, but right, hopefully it is, and we'll find out later. I liked I liked what I saw from Hatch. I did. I know this is a pretty underwhelming Twins offense. It's still good enough. But he showed a lot of confidence in his stuff tonight. He really and did. And it's not the first time. He got, he got behind in counts and still had faith in his breaking stuff and located. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know about him, but like that was, you know, hey, maybe there's something here. It's, it is kind of weird. We talk about Oscar Marine. We talk about the pitching, coaching, and development, and, and this and that, right? And how you have some success stories, but like not enough. And I was given the benefit of doubt at one point because of, you know, Quintana and Keller and whatnot. And then this year things started falling apart. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm done with this. But then they go and they get King Barucky and they get Andre Jackson, right? And now here's Hatch, and it's like, uh, uh, all right, is something cooking? I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's still a very small sample. But like you mentioned, like so far, what I've seen some Hatch, I'm paying attention. I, I still think they, it, it does. They're well intentioned with it, but I think they do mess with some guys a little too much. Fair. Uh, I I do think it's they're they're venturing a little too close in both the offense. This applies to Andy Haynes too, um, and I'm my opinion on Haynes has not changed. Um, that they're venturing what in, like close to the territory of what got Ray Searage fired, where they're just they're trying to make everybody the same guy. I agree. And what's just ironic in that is that was the talk of the town when the Oscar Marine signing happened, you know, right. when they hired on to be the pitching coaches, how I am going to be individual. Like I'm going to bring the best out of each player, right? We're going to find what works for them and bring the best. The player centric. Yeah. The player centric like, culture, right? Yeah, but like he's like it just seems like it's molded more towards all right, everyone's gonna throw the slider, everyone's gonna throw this, and and then outside of that, maybe we'll work on some other things. But yeah, yeah the market inefficiency is the slider, so let's just throw more sliders. Right. But with that said, like Thomas Hatch today, he pitched well enough. And again, we're talking seven swings, five whiffs on that, right? Two on the cutter, two on the changeup, one on the sinker. The stuff looked pretty decent today. 
Um, the stuff looked pretty decent from the timeout before I saw him too. Again, it's just a couple outings. Like it's 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 small sample in the sense that you know you've seen them, but I'm willing to watch. So far, so good. Let's see if there's something more out of him. Because again, with Barucky and, and again like Andre Jackson, there's you know like the numbers don't support that he's really that good. Like you look at ERA, but like when you see him pitch and the stuff, there's something there. There's something that I like out of him, and I can't say that so far yet. You know, with Hatch, but I'm again I'm I'm watching. They've done a really good job this year of just like avoiding the pitfalls that they have in previous years of when they just they really just need somebody that they just go and get some frankly dog water pitcher who does not deserve to be an MLB. I feel That's like they've fair. they've done a better job at identifying players that like all right there is something here instead of just let's just shove this guy out there and DFA him the next day. 100% fair. Last year, year before, whatever it may be, the guys that we're talking right now, like if you remove the names from them, right, just player A, B, and C, they were just non-MLB, non-competitive guys, get innings, right? I mean, game over, they're giving up seven earned and .2 innings. And now, even though you look, you're like scratching your head because, okay, this guy was, you know, DFA by the Dodgers with a six ERA, and this guy was been in the minors all year, and, and this and that. It's you see them here now, and you're looking and like maybe there's something to it. Something I keep like going back on and talking about is like when you look at the Orioles and the success they have. Uh, granted, their farm system was top notch. They have a lot of talent comes to the farm, but I felt like one of the biggest keys to their success was they built a very, very competent and now a very good bullpen, and most of it came from nothing. Absolutely. A lot of waiver claims, DFA guys, right? You made a trade last year for your closure at the time and you get a guy who's even better right now than he was, you know, in that sense. And well, that and trade like, was, that trade was crazy because Hanrahan was hurt. He was never the same after that injury. What do you mean? No, like, no, no, I'm talking about the Orioles. Oh, you're good. Sorry. You're good. Sorry. No, I was looking at the box. I was looking at the 2022 <laughs> Pirates roster. But, uh, so but just, yeah, like the Orioles trade, put together Colbert. one of the top bullpens right now in baseball. And when you look how the, all of them required, it was really moves like these for the most part. So, again, I'm not putting a whole lot out there. And like, I'm not put, telling you this is going to be a good bullpen, but this is how you do it. And this is why we talk about, you know, arms are a dime a dozen, closes aren't so much, but relievers are in the sense this is how you can put together a really, really good bullpen and to your point like you said these guys like you look there's something there's something there i'm not sure how much but there's something there where guys in the past there wasn't anything there yeah like miguel del pozo like yes just, there was just like jared eikoff there's just there was nothing there it's right. funny that i that i made that mistake because that also applied to the joel hanrahan trade they got mark melanson in that deal mm -hmm. and hanrahan okay. was hurt at the time and he was never the same. Right. I'm not even sure. Did he even pitch a full season again? Oh, no. I think it was like 4.1 innings or something like that. Yeah. It was, yeah. Boy, but granted, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, the best way is like how we talk about Cabrian. I'm cautiously optimistic about the bullpen right now. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic that if they, they get if how do I phrase this? If they get guys with talent, 
in the bullpen, I'm cautiously optimistic they can make it work because they've, it's been, it hasn't been good, but they've gotten more than expected out of a few different guys this year. Yeah, that's fair. And I think one of them definitely like Perdomo. Like Perdomo, Perdomo can, yeah. you can hang your hat on him as like a success story also if he finishes out the way he's been pitching. Um, and then, right, like we're talking about like the guys right now, like with Brucky and still, there's more to see about Andre Jackson. But like these guys you've seen recently, Hatch now, there's some intrigue. It makes you feel a little more comfortable if even just a couple of these guys they've plucked right now can be something because you already have your Majinskis. Like you have the guys in the system already to come up next year to be part of that. Um, Kyle Nichols, so yeah. he's throwing gas out of the pen in AAA. Who's that? Kyle Nicholas. Oh, no, uh, Double A. Sorry. Wait, no, no he's he in AAA now. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's also the thing. Like he should have been a reliever a while ago. Like, yeah, no, that should have been a. Finally, they they're made. making that call. I think so, they they kind of hung on to like because there was just there was so much upside there if he worked out. They were they kind of hung on to that for a little longer than they should have because it, it was pretty apparent for like a decent they to their credit you know new to the organization he wasn't in the organization from the start of his career maybe if he had been they make that move a little sooner uh, fair but either way good game um, we talked in the series preview that if the Pirates could sneak one out from Pablo Lopez. Or Sonny Gray, there's a chance to take this series because we know who's pitching tomorrow, and that's very, very good for the Pirates. Now, of course, they'll get perfect at games against him. Yeah, <laughs> but no, like if they could sneak could a win out, no that's what they do tonight. <laughs> yeah, but they do. So they they sneak out a win against Sonny Gray. Now they go for you know the, the game three tomorrow, the potential to win this series against the Twins. And so, tomorrow is the day game, correct? Yes, and you know what else is tomorrow? Yeah. There. Paul Skeens. That's also the, Paul Skeens day. Is that the night game? Is Bradenton going in the evening tomorrow? I don't think. I think there's Damn. a day also. I'll have to decide and... what to watch. Do I watch Osvaldo Beto pitch or do I watch Paul Skeens? Decision. Why not Decision. both? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So let's get out of here. I do appreciate yeah. everyone for watching as always. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Game 2 victory. Well, I guess the Game 3 victory, but... Um, no, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, no, they'll lose tomorrow, and we'll still talk about this game. They'll lose in some horrific fashion tomorrow, and we'll just replay this broadcast. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow you're going to get the pre-recorded one. <laughs> <laughs> more, more Paul Skeens coverage, right? Yeah, we'll talk about Paul Skeens. Um by the way, so chat says noon for Bradenton tomorrow. So actually, yeah, you'll see that before the game. So we'll have Paul Skeens right up into the Pirate game then. Yeah. There you go, Connor. All right. We're out. Thank yeah. you for watching. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.